The End Life Podcast Network, Suckcast, The Hot Mess with Phil Stamper, Trek Off, Pop Off, and Ninjas vs. You. Also, Ninjas vs. Zombies, the movie, and Ninjas vs. Vampires, the movie. All at EndLightEntertainment.com. It's time for Trek Off, the Star Trek podcast that will kick you in your effing teeth. Welcome to Trek Off. I'm Justin. I'm Alexia. Um, just to be forewarned, I am eating chips. Very obnoxiously, I might add. I will try not to be that. No, he won't. He really won't no, even. I'll back up a little. A little bit? Just a like, scotch? Yeah, I, I have to admit that it, at one point, and I can't tell you where, but like in the first podcast or the second podcast, I actually left the room. And I've, I've left the room while you were talking. And I know, because like, he's rude. I am rude. I'm, no, the house Horribly was- Horribly rude. It was on fire. You know, that's such a cop out. The, the house was on fire. I don't know how many times I've heard that one. Here? <laughs> More than <laughs> yeah, once. pretty much. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we are, uh, we are joined in the peanut gallery by Mr. A. Say hi, Mr. A. Hi. And, uh, and Miss J is here to do Tay. Hi, Miss J. Tay. Hi. So, um, so <laughs> chips are chippy and yummy. <laughs> wow, that was a very intelligent sentence. Thank you for sharing with the world. I make up words because I used up all the other ones. Um, my mother used to say that you're born with a certain amount of words, and if you keep using them and you talk and talk and talk and talk, eventually you'll run out. That's a very interesting theory. <laughs> I think it's a facet of my personality that she had to say that to me when I was like nine. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i think it is like you really should slow down it was like yeah speak speak fewer times less words are better and I was learn like, to be succinct but like, don't use that word too much i was like hey let's record what we say that'd be great um <laughs> so uh <clears throat> uh i think last time we said that today we were going to talk about the first or no, the new the movie. New, yeah, that's really the not new the movie. First. That would be the reboot. Um, reboot, sequel, prequel. Um, everything. I'm just gonna go with calling it a reboot. You know, it's interesting. I feel like that's a catch-all. But you know, it's not though. I think that like a reboot is uh, it's f- keeping the same. Well, it's like okay, The Fugitive with Harrison Ford. Right. That's a reboot. It's complete and total retelling. Um, or the, you know, what's another example of a reboot? The Batman uh, movies was a reboot. Are the, yeah, the Batman movies absolutely a reboot, having nothing to do with the other Batman movies, having zero connection in any way with the Batman movies that came before. Um, to the point where there's a brand new, brand new Joker reintroduction. Everything is different. It's completely different. Entirely unrelated world and universe. The rules are different. All the former rules no longer apply. Blah blah blah. Now, in the way that you, it is a reboot in that they do create. A situation where that is true. It's more like a control alt delete. It's, but it's not though. It's not. He said it's more like a control alt delete, but it's not. It's, and I think it's one of the most interesting things about the film is that it's not a reboot, but it is. It is. It, it is. A re- it is. But it isn't. It is a reboot because it tells, it retells in a different way, the origin story that we already know. It retells in a different way the beginning, and it's an absolute retelling of things. What do you, I mean, before. what do you mean by 
origin story that we already know. Oh, we, okay. Well, because like, it's not like we ever saw no, those characters get together and be put on a ship together for the first time. Not in any canonical sense, but it's certainly... It, we, we have certain things that over the course of the series have been given to us, like the Kobayashi Maru. Yeah. Um, well, let me tell you... <laughs> about cream my pants when they say Kobayashi I was like oh, they're gonna show it <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess the point is that they they, they I, like a, a reboot by definition is that you take something that existed and you restart it and you and you start it brand new and it's a new different thing but it's not entirely different like a reboot isn't even entirely different like you've still got the same characters you've still got um, the same things that like sort of drive them and it's usually in the same world like it's not like it's, you completely change everything but you're disconnected there there is no you're disconnected from this from the previous story for, from anything that came before so yes. I'm, I'm trying to think of what's another example I mean the Batman movies is a great example of a reboot or the a really good one yeah. or the or the like a reboot is like a reboot is to a franchise what a remake is to a single piece of fiction so True Grit had a remake. There was one True Grit, and then they made another True Grit that was a remake of, of the, the original. original. If True Grit was a series or a franchise, it was going on. There were ten True Grits, and they were going to start another ten True Grits. Then that would be a reboot. I think that's the whole point: is that we're restarting a franchise and moving forward. I think that's what a reboot would be. Don't I you? I mean, I guess I, I, I sort of, I guess when I think of a remake, though, like I tend to. First of all, it tends to have a negative connotation, at least for me. Like, I can think of very few remakes that I've thought were better than the original or that didn't suffer in some way from 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 deviating. Okay, I'll 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 tangentialize with you by by I made a forward. Um, it's but, going to continue. Um, but but by but by as I do, absolutely disagreeing with you. Of course, <laughs> of I course do. I no do. No way. I think that there there have been a number of insanely good reboots or remakes, insanely good. Like um, True Grit. Okay, uh, I didn't see True Grit, so I can't. The Departed. Um, the Departed was a remake. There's a remake of a Japanese trilogy of films. Um, okay, well, uh, I, didn't, I didn't have. Any I already names. named it once. The Fugitive. Um, the uh, but wasn't that a show? It was a show, but they made a movie version of, of the story the show of the as show. Well? well, it was a show, but it had no connection to the show. It was a remake of the story of the show. Right, but that's not the same thing because it's like it's like it's essentially giving a movie to a series that never got one, just at a different time. No, but that was that. I would say that's Serenity or the Star Trek movies, where where it is a continuation of the show. The Fugitive was. I'm it, not saying a continuation. I'm just saying, like, okay, not every series that gets a sh that gets a movie is necessarily a continuation of that story. Yeah, no, truly, but I think in so those in those cases, like it is it is either a reboot or a remake. That okay, that, that it there is a re involved. It is not a continuation, or it's just not a condensing for a more manageable consumption by the audience. Like, so let's say you've got a series and, and nobody watched it in, you know, whatever time frame it came out in. And now we want, like, like the A-Team. Okay. You know, like if you didn't watch that's the absolutely show. absolutely a remake. I think that's absolutely a remake. And, and it's, it's part of these. I don't feel like it is. It would, because it, like the only thing, the only reason it considered, it would be considered a remake is because they didn't make it in 1980, whatever. Like if they had, it would just be an A-Team movie. 
Yeah, but in this case, it, it it I mean, it can't be absolutely in line with the spirit of the original. But what they're doing is they're taking the original. And they're going, we are ma- that's what a remake is, is where they go, we are making this better or more palatable to toward this other audience, whether it's an audience that is now as opposed to the 80s, whether it's an audience that's American as opposed to Japanese, you know, um, whether it's an audience that watches movies as opposed to TV. And I think that's different than, say, a Serenity or a Star Trek The Motion Picture. All right. Fair enough. Um, so, but I mean, I think I think you can go through, and I think that that it's not necessary. I whoa, see, so, you're anyway. still managing to touch the wire when it's not even. I'm electric, um, unbelievable. But, <laughs> but I think I mean certainly that I'd say that that reboots and remakes, as a general rule, tend to be not as good as the original. But I think there are, there are there are star- well, there have recently been some very successful ones. Yeah, like, sir- like Batman. Yeah, like Batman. Like no one that. will debate that that was. Well, I can't. I can't imagine anybody I would have a conversation unless perhaps maybe you disagree. No, that the Batman actually, no, reboot I, I, was good. Well, and that, and I think that I think that the 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 interesting thing about what they did right was they said we're going to take it absolutely seriously, and I think that that's where the remakes have done really well. Now, I think the interesting, you know, I for the third time I'll mention True Grit. True Grit made a real impression on me. I really really liked it, and that it is. Um, they the Cohen brothers would say it's not a remake. You know, it is. It is. They'd say we are also adapting the book. Um, oh, I see. Which is maybe what Christopher Nolan would say about the Batman movies. That he's so, also adapting the comic. The comic, yes. I am not remaking the previous movies. I am not remaking the Adam West TV show. And that's I, probably true. I am. I am readapting the source material in a way that I feel it has, is more appropriate or is more in line with the vision I've got. Or what yeah, have you. yeah. Like I mean, wasn't there even a? Com- I mean, there's like a series, and like, as the comic has gone through its own evolution. So like, and especially with a comic, I feel like you've got different different styles where a reboot makes sense because you've got like the original stuff that was very like pop color like like when dick tracy came out like the movie it was so like a comic book i actually liked it like i know a lot of people didn't like it but i find it interesting but i liked that it looked like a comic book you know what i mean i thought that was kind of cool and yet they tried the same thing with the first with the ang lee hulk movie and it just blew it just it sucked a lot of balls um, <laughs> I didn't think it sucked a lot of. Not balls. the new one, not the Edward Norton. No, one. I know, the, the, I know what you're the, talking the about. The one with with Nero, with Nero. With, with Edward, ah, see what we did there with Eric Bannon. We just brought it right back yeah, right to. Back. No, I thought I thought that the 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 reason I actually and a lot of people didn't like the Ed Norton one. I liked the Ed Norton one because I felt like I liked them both. Um, I didn't like I didn't like where they tried so hard to be a comic book. I was like, if I, I I just I found it really distracting. I found it that that it was someone who didn't respect the source material enough to to think that it as source material was good enough it would be like it would be like adapting a great novel by putting words on the screen by by having typewritten words showing would it though or would it be someone really loving the source material i don't know and wanting a flavor of it in the film by because i actually enjoyed that was one of the things i liked about that one was the way they did like different cells of stuff happening yeah, on the I, screen I, at the same time. I, I thought I that a was a neat effect. It. And I think and I think that fans and or foes of the film, you'd probably find them like like delineated along those lines. Yeah. Um because I feel like that's not you know, that's like that's not for everybody. For me for for me I think that I've I've heard it said that comic book movies are difficult to make in that all they ever show you in the comics are the best shots. 
and they're yeah you know, the best shots of a situation they don't show you anything that has to happen in between those shots oh yeah 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 that true that that so so when you get to making a movie you have to have things that happen in between those shots yeah because you can't you can't um, just skip around um, like that and just like uh, uh, and uh. so i mean i think i and i think that ultimately starting i think starting with the with the new x-men movies and I think the new X Men movies was part of the dawn of of really good comic book movies where someone oh, yeah. where where someone sat down and said, Let's take the characters really serious. And that's I think that's an extension of the original Superman movies where they were like, We're gonna make it whether or not they were completely successful, especially with the first two, I think they were fairly successful. I think they were good. They were amazing. But but they were like, Let's focus on the characters. Let's focus on the people. And when they did that with X Men, they did that with Spider Man one and every time they get off of that, it's an issue. And then the movies go down, go downhill in quality. But I think the new batch of, of movies have been really good. Um, so anyway, so rebooting. I, well, I think I or don't, remaking or whatever well, I don't, you want to call it. I don't think the character thing is necessarily a uh, a bad place to to start. Yeah, because um, I feel like that was a big strength in in the new movie. So J.J. Abrams, um, most. Uh, best known for uh, Lost, I think, for for starting off Lost, Alias, um, Felicity, you know, the, to to put it words to, and and you know, people sleep on Felicity, but I'll go, you know, let's 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 be clear, Felicity was a big deal mm-hmm. when when it was out. I mean, it, people, oh yeah, and people dug it from a character standpoint. Now, I was not a fan, um, but I get you know what he was doing. He was you know into sort of the raw emotion of of things, and and. Uh, so we start with J.J. Abrams um, and the way he wanted to do it, written by, uh, um, I think Orsi and Kurtzman wrote it. Uh, I could be wrong, but the guys who wrote the Transformers oh, movies. Okay. Um, and when I first heard that the new movie was coming out, the the thing for me that 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 made me kind of like worried was that it was the guys who wrote the Transformers movies. <laughs> I, have, I have sensed through our friend uh, Daniel, um, who is involved in the Transformers franchise, um, uh, I, you know, found out a little bit more and also through reading, uh, different web things, um, that, that Michael Bay essentially said, I want these shots, write me the scenes in between. Wow. Um, and so they did their very best to go to, 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 to still to give fill a, in. a good movie that um, way. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so I think that, I think that and I didn't think the first Transformer was that bad, but yeah, but I didn't just, think it was very good though. But just based on that, yeah, I yeah. wouldn't want them to have anything to do with Star yeah, Trek. I, was, I would yeah. be like, um, no. There was a lot no of thanks. there was a lot of pre hate. I mean, there was a lot of pre hate for, for the movie. I didn't know enough about who was writing it to have a lot of hate. What I had was trepidation. I was like, I was excited, mm-hmm. and I was like, I want to just be excited. But I have so much fear that like because it's it's only going to go one of two ways. Either they will just hit every mark and they will capture what I want them to and they'll give me back my original series guys or they will absolutely destroy it. And if they destroy it, I will be heartbroken. Well, let's start with it. So the end of Nemesis, right? Nemesis ends um, a really Romulan centered movie. And again, Mm -hmm. I mentioned the first podcast that the Romulans are really dear to me, you know, from a personal point of view. Um, uh, so a very Romulan centered story, uh, um, an ultimate, ultimately kind of a failure as a film, uh, financially, um, critically, um, you know, there are parts that I dug, but I, I'll, I'll, you know, pretty much say that there, there, it was a very problemed film. Next Generation ends, um, essentially there, unfortunately. 
Yeah. Um, and the question then becomes, what's going to come next? Uh, and there was a lot of. And there was a lot of series out at the time. So you you had. At the time, at the time that ended, no, Nemesis came out when only Enterprise was on the air. Okay, only Enterprise. Only but Enterprise like, you're not going to make a movie off of Enterprise. No, you're not. It was so. Well, it, not okay. Well, even if it show. was okay, even if it was a great show, it really wouldn't work. You just well, you just wouldn't have the fan base. You just yeah. wouldn't have the people. It was getting four million viewers a week. You can't release a movie on four million viewers a week. <laughs> um, there was a lot of talk of okay, let's do one last blowout where you know we do a, a the prelude to the movies with Captain Archer, and then you go to Deep Space Nine where Voyager and the Starship Enterprise <laughs> are fighting again. You know, and the whole idea was let's 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 go do everything, and 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 ultimately, I think that, that you, couldn't work. I don't think because it would be too much going on. Like, and you, you, I think you just had a the, a, a sense of holding on because the show was being run by two guys, by Rick Berman, who was uh, who took over for Gene Roddenberry when he died, um, and Brandon Braga, who was a writer, who then also started being in charge of stuff. And I think that the the, the word tired was a, was given to the franchise a lot. The franchise is tired. It's it's spelled out. The stories are spelled out. It's it's sort of the same thing, a lot of the same thing, and the same guys and the same crew and the same actors. You know, going from series to series, and it was just sort of like like people were saying that it was played out. And I think that when Nemesis ended and then Enterprise eventually went off the air, the last shot, I, I, can I spoil the very last episode of Enterprise for you? How do you feel the need to do this? I, you always want to spoil shit. Well, I, but I feel like, I feel like it's relevant to the discussion. I, I won't Fine. spoil any, any character stuff. First of all, first of all, Enterprise is not a serialized show like Buffy or something where, where I'm not going to give away anything that happens to characters. Okay, so suffice to say that the final episode of of Enterprise is doesn't take place in Enterprise. It takes place in the third season of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, okay. um, Where Commander Riker is um, needs to make a decision and goes onto the holodeck to help him think. And when he goes on the holodeck, he decides to go back onto the original Starship Enterprise. And and, find and and watch what they would do by interacting with holographic versions of their crew based on the history books. Um, now, first of all, it's it's horrendous to think that that Riker and the Troy who discuss who has conversations with them look or act in any way like they did like twelve years earlier because <laughs> like it's from the episode of Next Generation, the Pegasus. It's actually supposed okay. to be taking place during that episode, and clearly they're older and have gained weight. Mm. Um, but either way, they they had that episode, and 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 fans kind of of Enterprise hated it. They felt like it was a big piss in the face of Enterprise because they, you know, it was cool to see that it was, you know, clearly it looked like Star Trek: The Next Generation. Finally, after all these years, see some Next Generation, mm-hmm. and the very final shot of Enterprise starts with um this uh, starts with like the last thing in the episode happens and you see shots of the ship and you see Captain Archer is narrating as that Enterprise flies by. And then you hear Captain Kirk narrating, you know, you know, these are the voyages as that Enterprise flies by and the Captain Picard narrating, you know, you know, no one has gone before and then whoosh and that's the end. And the idea was that's the end. Oh, wow. Was that's that kind of cool? Though. Was that they were saying like conceptually, they're like saying this is the end. Yeah. This is the end. Like, that's of, all you got. This is the end of Star Trek from the original series went off the air in 1969 and 1979, 10 years later, the original, the, the motion picture came out and from 1979 through what was this? 2005 for 26 years, 
there was always Star Trek in production. Star Trek was in production for 26 years. Wow. And ended. The tired franchise that nobody watched, the fans was finally of, ended. Fans of were they you know marginalized, they're nerds, they're they're not nobody <laughs> wants to be this anymore, nobody wants to be part of this anymore. And then you have like like as this ends, it's like that's the end. It's the end. They they they've done this sort of this this you know farewell kiss. Mwah! You know yeah. here are all your enterprises. You know we're not even going to mention Voyager and DS Nine in this ending, even though I feel like you know, as you know I feel like DS Nine is the I best Trek ever got. Um, uh, and and that was the end. So you hear a few years later, J.J. Abrams, the guy who made Lost. Okay, I like that. The guys who wrote Transformers. Ugh. <laughs> we're going to do a prequel. Yes, you know, looking around. How are you gonna do that? Yeah, and well, and and look, those of us who are fans of eight-letter science fiction movies that start with the word "star" um, are have been burned by prequels in the past. We and, sure have. Um, and and look, and I'm a and I'm a defender of the of, of the Star Wars of the Star Wars prequels. Oh, I am, but I'm also willing to go. I'm I'm willing to go. Okay, they're not. They're not. They're not the same. What level. they should have been. They're yeah. they they're. They are a downgrade from the from last me. thing. Even from if, if Jedi was the last thing we saw, downgrade the prequels were a downgrade from our last thing. Now the last thing we saw was Enterprise, and here they're doing a prequel, and it just it reeked of desperation. And why would they do this? The next thing I heard was the budget, and I heard it's like a hundred and fifty million dollars. Now Nemesis, by comparison, had a budget I think sixty million. 60 Whoa. or 70 million? No, no, wait, sorry. Nemesis was budgeted high for a Trek film. I think it was 90 million. Still. So, that's and, a pretty big gap. And, 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 that, and even 90 million was, a, was, you know, if you go back to First Contact, that was like a $60 million film. They were, the Trek films were known for being economical. Mm. The, the motion picture was expensive. Mm. And then they used all the same shots for motion picture of Wrath of Khan. And then they created <laughs> very few shots. And they made them really, really economically. And the idea was that they never had to crack him $100 million. They never did. These films never had to crack him a hundred. If they, they could make their budget back, if if at the box office they made ninety million dollars. So the idea that they're going to spend hundred and fifty million dollars on a Trek film when Nemesis, I think, did so poorly. I think it made like thirty million dollars. Wow. I think I think I mean whatever I mean whatever it did, it didn't do good business. And so the idea they're going to do this, I was like, this is the nail in the coffin. Like, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like when when this when I heard about it, it, it could be one of two things. And, the, and there's no in between. It was either going to be the revitalization and bring it back, or it was going to be the end in a horribly fiery death. Like, and it wasn't going to be you go out nicely, you go out, you know what I mean? It wasn't going to be, gonna be like you fucking tenure. crash and burn, and it's horrendous. And everything was pointing to that. Tons of money. The guys who wrote Transformers. Yeah, all of these big names. They're yeah. just going to take my Trek and they're going to just Hollywoodize it and yeah. destroy everything that was great about you know, it and poo-poo and, on the and whole then, thing. And then you hear, I hear prequel, then I hear reboot. And I'm like, no. Prequel, <sighs> reboot. What, is this going to be Starsky and Hutch? You know, <laughs> but, but look, seriously, I mean, I don't think that was, I don't think that was a, a like, I think that that's that's a valid concern considering the other oh yeah the no, other no, you were- TV movies coming out at the time Charlie's Angels was you know nudge nudge wink wink we're being cute about it oh Star- yeah Starsky and Hutch was we're being cute about it Duke Miami Vice okay Miami Vice tried to, now that's a really interesting that is a true reboot remake except that it was. They tried to be and serious. It didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work at all. The interesting about Miami Vice side note was Miami Vice the TV show 
was executive produced and created by Michael Mann, who then became a very famous Hollywood director, who then directed the Hollywood version of Miami Vice. So the reboot of Miami Vice was actually created by the guy who created the show. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Now he's best How known, did it turn out so horribly? I don't know. He's the, And he's best known for doing, uh, he did Heat. He did that other one with Jamie Foxx um, and Tom Cruise that was really good. Um, collateral. Collateral, yeah. Um, but I mean, I love Heat. Heat's an insanely oh, good yeah, film. Oh, yeah, Heat's good. Um, so, like, it should have worked, but it didn't. Um, but whatever it was going to be, everything stunk. Reboot, prequel. Um, yeah, there were a lot of things. Like, I have to say that my my feelings of goodness were largely based on because I really wanted it to be good. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like there was any solid evidence that pointed anywhere towards it being good. So, so Mrs. J and I were watching uh, Heroes for the first season and then the first half of the second season before we checked out. And so we knew the name Zachary Quinto. As did I. And when they said he was going to be Spock. I was. I was like, it was the very first time that I was like, you know? Yeah. I was like. You know? That's actually. That's. That's. Pretty damn good. That's. That's. And and, Siler was creepy, but. What you know? But the, he had like he's so, like you can tell on the spoke, show he's such a good actor. He took it there's, seriously. There's the way that he looks, obviously. Like yeah. he's got the right something look. like whatever it is. Like he's he could be Leonard Nimoy's son. He really yeah. Could. Like he's really he looks yeah. a lot like him. And there's something about his ability to convey emotion without a whole lot of yeah. facial expression. Well, and I and you know I, what I mean, like it, it, which is a good thing. The thing about him character. playing Siler is is he never seemed too cool for school. Yeah. He seemed to take when he was doing Siler cuz let, let's face it you're playing you're playing the bad guy super villain cutting people's brains open. But you dug him. Like yeah, when you watched you d- that show you didn't just hate on on his character because no, you there was enjo- something compelling about him. You enjoyed when he was on the screen. When Siler's on the screen you dug him in the same way that when you watched DS9 you loved Gold to Cut. Um uh but you 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 dug I remember that name, you you dug you dug on him and so yeah. when you heard that that was the first clue I got that I was like huh that's interesting the next thing I heard was that Leonard Nimoy was cast and then I was like wait a second this is a a, a reboot and a okay so he's going to be Spock's grandfather that's going to be what's going on Spock's grandfather is going to be in it it's going to be a little cameo by Leonard Nimoy haha ha, a little <laughs> nudge nudge wink wink and I was like oh great you know like like how Stan Lee shows up in every Marvel film oh right, right. You know, which is like, cute I love that and or, or or how Lou Ferrigno has been in both versions of the Hulk and will be in the in the Avengers and that's awesome yeah, so it's, it's going to be one of those it's going to be a it's going to be a nod to the fans which pissed me off because that's all it's going to be it's just going to yeah, be that which which is not how you treat Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. So, FYI. So <laughs> then, then I hear about Simon Pegg. It was the next one I heard, Escotti. And I went, huh. <laughs> the first thing I noted was, that's a guy I've heard of. Mm-hmm. Then you heard John Cho is going to be Sulu. That's the next one I heard. And I was like, another guy I've heard. This cast is turning into an all-star cast. Um, then you heard of a of a... As to then unknown Zoe Zaldana, who's only who at that point had only really been known for I think Pirates of the Caribbean is like the only thing she'd really done. I think. Mm, no, I feel like she'd done the the other the some romantic comedy yeah. junks in between or whatever. But you know, as well, like li- little to be known. That yeah, she, she wasn't like everywhere like she is. Now. She wasn't like in the highest grossing film of all time, um, uh, which she is now. Um, 
Uh, so, so you have you, you. I keep hearing these names, and suddenly I start going. This is. Then I hear about this guy, Chris Pine, doesn't look like Kirk to me. Um, and they have this horrible picture of him that they released. The picture oh. that's on the poster, actually, mm-hmm. where he's like, his head is down, his chin looks very pointy. Mm. Um, and it's sort of this, I'm looking over my nose, eyebrow look thing. Yeah, no, when I yeah. first saw just a picture of him, I was definitely like, he's, I was like, I mean, he's certainly attractive. Like, he's certainly attractive enough to be Kirk. I was like, but I'm not certain there's like, he doesn't look just like the shad you know yeah well and there's another name i forgot that i heard right away which was winona Ryder. oh i hadn't heard about one i like i was surprised by winona Ryder when i saw her in the movie i was like winona Ryder, you know like oh hey what's happened to you what you doing yeah so, <laughs> so hey, are you shoplifting from vulcan um <laughs> <laughs> she's Spock, like, distract that guy she's like i'll, I'll steal my career back um <laughs> Oh damn, that's cold as shit. I'm so sorry, Winona. I know you. I, I, I know, didn't say it, Winona. That's I, all him. I, know, I like you. I know you're a listener. Um, I know Winona Ryder's out there listening right now, and I just want her to know that I got nothing but love. She, she He's clear, the hater. She clearly doesn't have anything else to do. Oh, you're a terrible human being. Terrible. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Um, um, May you never get anywhere in life and then fall from grace, my she friend. Has, she, she, she has the name No in her name. Oh. And okay. yet she's, you know, she does have the name Win in her name as well. So let's just be clear: Win, no, that's her whole life. <laughs> um, I don't know that you could say her whole life was a no win. Really? Really? It's yeah, but I mean, she's—it's not like she's never done nothing. Don't get me started on Ryder. Um, oh dear lord! I know. Well, she th- she was cute for a while. I liked her. Whatever. She was still hot in that movie. I was like, hey, what's up? You know, I actually <laughs> thought she was pretty. Um, in that, even though she was done up in the old age makeup, I felt. Oh like yeah, she was, no, she's you know, still looking. I was like, nice. But that was old. But that was old age makeup. Oh, certainly, yeah, yeah. certainly, yeah. Like, Which is interesting because I, yeah, I remembered having that thought. I was like, she's not that old yet. Like, yeah. well, and I'll explain. I'll tell you what happened there. Um, but so we, so we hear. I start hearing these names, and I'm like, this is. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> then that first damn trailer came out, and. Um, with the, uh, with the, I forget if the first one was just the teaser, but the one that got me was the one with the car. Yes. The, and here's a note about that. One of the I, greatest, in I'm my gonna opinion. I'm going to eat a chip real quick while you do that. So I'm back away from the damn mic. Go, go ahead. Uh, one of the greatest, um, trailers I think I've ever seen. Like, and the thing about it is there's, there's a certain cut they use in the trailer that is not what they use in the film. And I don't know why, because I think it's a mistake. In the trailer, when he goes over the edge, or like when he, when he when the car goes over the edge and he stops or whatever, and the guy, the the police officer says, "Citizen, what is your name?" Like he's there's a slight tonality to it that almost has respect. Like, and that that's what got me in that in that trailer. I was like. That's fucking awesome. This dude's a police officer, and even he has to recognize, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the boy be doing wrong, but you gotta know that that's badass. You know, you gotta acknowledge, and it, that's not the cut they use in the film. In that's the a film, different voiceover. It's a different voiceover, yeah. and I'm like, why and on earth did we do that? It was it was perfect the way it was. No reason not to use it. So I I will always question why they did that until the end of time. The trailer uh, blew me away when I first saw it. I was like, what? This is 
this is different and huge and emotional. Oh yeah. That you, and it clearly is taking the subject matter, taking the subject matter seriously. Yep. There's a serious trailer. Um, high action, clearly stuff going on, but was just badass. It, and 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 serious. I mean, it's serious. I keep using the word serious, but that's how I felt. It's like this is it's respectful. Yeah. No, it wasn't cheesy. Exactly. It was, it was like, definitely is, not some you know jokesy kind of. It was like. Yeah, it was like we were going to do the real this. deal. Like we're gonna we're gonna throw down, and it's gonna be awesome. So the movie, um, uh, I'm sad to say I did not see the movie for the first time with Mrs. J. Um, oh, that is sad. Um, my uh, my brother and I have uh, I the very first live action movie that he saw in the theater was Generations with me. Um, we saw First Contact together. We saw Insurrection together. We saw Nemesis together, and so. Um, once there was a child involved, it was going to be very difficult for when the movie came out for me to see it with Mrs. J and also with my brother. Right. And I had to choose between. And then Mrs. J was going to see it for the first time without me. Um, and uh, I randomly ran into the theater right as the movie was starting <laughs> when she was going to see it with her family because um, I got off of work. Yeah. <laughs> Did no. you really? You were like, no. No. Turn she, your ass around and leave. No, she was not. Um, no, she was happy. She was like, yay. So, so, so you get into the you get into the movie, and the very first thing I noticed, I got to admit, is the Paramount logo pops up on the screen. Afterward, it's followed by the Bad Robot logo. Yep. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's what they have at the end of of Lost. Yep. I'm Only really- it's different though because there's no. Bad robot, <laughs> which you know, honestly, like I'm glad because I don't think it would have fit right with the whole vibe. Like no. I liked seeing the logo, but I thought it was cool that you saw the logo, but you've got this like you know orchestral score going on. Yeah, well, it's like and and yeah, okay, maybe the orchestral orchestral score over Bad Robot is clearly better. Works better as a jokesy TV logo, but still. Um, then the very first thing is they have a sweeping shot of the ship. And as they have the sweeping shot of the ship, you hear the boy. Oh, yes. The old Star Trek I sound. I freaking love that noise. And you're like, you're like already. Oh, yes. You're already like, oh, nice. And like then, you feel at home. And then they let, <laughs> they let you in the ship and it looks like the next generation or it looks like. No, no well, it does let, not. Let me and rephrase. that's why I like it. It well, does. It looks like I imagine if well, they let me, could have done it, it would have looked... Let me rephrase. It looked... There were aspects of it that reminded me of Next Gen, aspects that reminded me of Enterprise. Um, and the 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 costumes seemed like like they were cut sort of from the same cloth as Enterprise and or the Next Generation. It didn't look like the the original series in any way. It was... It had sort of that Berman-esque look to the costumes and and... And the ship, and the ship fired, you know, when they fired the phasers, it was still the beam of, uh, um, and everything seemed like a, an amped up version of the, uh, of the, of, of what had come before. And the, having watched Enterprise, a lot of Enterprise was, this is what it would be like living on a submarine. Mm. Um, Enterprise was, it's a submarine uh, and if next generation and next generation, I would say this is a cruise ship. You yeah. Know, um, uh, so this seems somewhere in between. It was big, but you know. Well, the- I liked with the way they went with it because it's like you can't, you can't make a movie now, and and have 
the set from the original show. No. Like you can't no. do it. But what you can do now, I'm is so, you can now, keep now, now, the I'm design not, elements. I, I'm not talking about the Enterprise yet. I'm talking okay. about I'm talking about the the the, 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 ship. the Kelvin. The Kelvin, yes. Yes, thank you. Um so so that's the Well, I didn't ever I, I don't remember seeing enough of the bridge on Enterprise to have something to compare it to. On well, it, it oh, clearly looks better. Um, it's clearly higher budget. No, it's I mean, it's definitely you can tell it looks good, but like it doesn't it doesn't look as advanced as Next Generation. No. To me. Like that's no. what I like about it. Like it's got this old world look, like kind of like 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 once you finally like ancient see ancient Italy. Yes, like the ancient like the ruins in ancient Italy. No, it like everything's made out of marble. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Mrs. A just left. <laughs> She's done with you. Um He means Mrs. J. Stop. Mrs. J, sorry. Touching it. You would be missing that. That's what she said. <laughs> um. <laughs> she left. <laughs> yeah, she was like, I'm leaving now. Go on. Um, anyway, um, like, like once you finally get to the Enterprise, like, and you see it, it's got this old world look to it. Like, it looks like the original series. Like, and in the Kelvin, in the case of the Kelvin, it actually looks older like there's a way it, they've made it look it looks older like it, it looks like an aircraft carrier is what it looks but it like still it looks like looks you're cool si- it's like you're sitting on the set of an, of an aircraft carrier um and and it's got sort of the gray used it, i mean it looks sort of like the the original series movies almost that everything yeah. is sort of gray and functional um you got the captain who i loved mm-hmm. um uh, you've got this big giant ship again, unlike any other ship you've ever seen. Oh yeah, unlike anything. The, this you've ship ever doesn't seen. even look like a ship; it just looks like a tooth. Yeah, it <sighs> just looks really vicious and sharp. mean. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, lo- it looks like a, a hairball with teeth um, <laughs> in space. In space. Um, but I liked it that it was. Yeah, it was like a, that. Would, I would say the noticeable difference, like between like the Kelvin and the Enterprise, when you finally uh, do get on it, is like there's a a darkness to it. Yeah, like it's just not as it's gritty, right? It's, it's yeah. gritty. So, so, so the uh, oh, what's the name of Nero's ship? Help me out. The Narada. Narada. The Narada shows up, um, and and immediately the Kelvin's outpaced. Now here's oh yeah here's like. here because I don't want I don't want to belabor the entire opening scene, but what got me was the emotions. That what what oh how scary that moment what, was what, when they just start getting blown to bits yeah, yeah they, right yeah. off the bat like you're used to seeing a battle right and yeah. like there's sure there's like rocking and there's oh gosh and, clearly, and then their I, shields I, are going down to this but very rarely is it like first hit explosion motherfuckers blow up and well let's be clear you know? I, I want to give like I sleep on Nemesis a little bit I want to give credit where it's due the battles in Nemesis the space battle parts were great. And the parts where like the the view screen opens up and the person flies out through the space and the like they were they were violent space battles and so I will give that to them but this was another step this was a budget and they, <laughs> and they got it and they used the shit out and of it. it was but what I remember from that first scene is the conversation between George Kirk and his wife oh in the God. thirty seconds between as great as the battle was. That no, it's that. It's that the way they the, and the way they also like in. I love this the way they do this all throughout the when I saw all throughout. There's like two scenes, but when it's like the vacuum of space, mm-hmm. the lack of noise. Yeah, like that's fucking creepy. Frankly, you yeah. know what I mean. And like I love a particularly in that opening battle sequence when it's like blow up, blow up, explosion, like fuck, and then all of a sudden a chick gets sucked out. And everything yeah, is gone. Absolutely. Like that is, 
powerful as shit. It's palpable. And then when he finally, you know, puts her on the shuttle in that moment when he tells the dude, he's like, just leave. And she's like, oh, you know, ever so yeah. weekly from the back trying to be like, and George, they, no, then, uh, then you they, can't go. And he's like, that's an order. And he's like, yes, sir. Like, he doesn't question. There's no, yes, sir. It's done. Like, and he fucking leaves. But then they have their conversation about uh, the name. Yeah. And the music. And is, the, oh, is, and it's all this, yeah, this orchestral flowy, like, in, uh, yeah. And he's joking this, about the name, name Tiberius. And it's just like, it's this last loving conversation yes. between a husband and a wife. And. And it's so trivial. It's such a stupid conversation, and it's just like that's real life. Yeah, that's that's like, and it would, and it really, I think, brings home and, the and, feeling and, of like of what it would be like to be in space. And he's being stupid and trivial because he doesn't want her to get in those last moments that these are the last moments. Yeah. And and when he finally, when he goes, I'm not. He says, I'm not going to be there, right? Um, yeah. And and she doesn't get what's happening i'm getting choked up talking about she doesn't she doesn't get what's happening until the ship blows up um and it's the first inclination that you get especially if you're a fan you know that george kirk didn't die this way that you go this is different something else is going on here and they're they're tugging what are they doing they're tugging at your heartstrings and let's be clear i don't feel like they tugged at your heartstrings since maybe a couple of th- I mean Enterprise had a couple of issues a couple of emotional but not really um, Voyager had one or two emotional but since the final episode of DS9 I had not felt that that I was sad or or emotionally moved by Star Trek now they used to do it to me all the time there's an episode of of the next generation called the inner light that makes me weep um, I mean, I can't really. Like, I cried everything. So right. the, I mean, I cried right, five minute commercials. Let's that are be. Let's let touching, let's, But I, I go. Why is this commercial five minutes? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but but all right, the but inter- that scene in particular, like it, the, like the so inter- for the you, inter- light, the inner light, the episode of Next Generation where Picard finds out he's lived an entire lifetime. Oh my god! That episode with the flute. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's also an episode of DS9 called The Visitor that's the same way that just tears me to shreds. Just to shreds. And the final episode of DS9 also tears me to shreds. Um, and then after that, I was kind of like, it's fun. It's good. But I'm not moved. And for I mean, com- to be clear, it's the difference between like a few tears on my end and like I was like sobbing. Yeah, that th- well, I was yeah. not okay. Yeah, like they, they, I'm clutching on Daryl like not okay. <laughs> like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. It's well, so uh, terrible. So I think I think that was the the letting you know that we are raising the stakes. We're raising the emotional stakes for you, the audience. Well, and I what I really like about like I say it, it really paints a picture of what like what they're doing out there. Like shit can get real. Yeah. Like and it was like and they don't waste any time doing it. It's like this is how we're gonna set you up in this world. We're gonna we're gonna just drop you in the shit. Yeah. And you're gonna see these human beings. And how and how it would I play think, out, and that's how it would I play out. I think those words are really important that you just said. Yes, that they are human, human beings. beings because when he's having that moment with his wife, like there's nothing no, different about it being another century than it would be for you. Exactly, and he yeah. and you would do that. Like the shit is intense, but does it help? For him to be all weepy and sad about it the whole time. Like he's crying, but he's laughing and he's not just weeping on the, and she's crying and laughing. Like, cause that's what you do when shit is real and fucked up. Like you lighten it up. You try to yeah. joke, you try to do 
something to break it, you know, because you have to. Otherwise, you just your head explodes. I yeah. don't know what happens, you know, like in which case people, his probably did. Um, it did. So you have the logo. Logo comes up. It's big and it's grand. Oh, my God. Da, yeah. da, 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 da. Now, I will I will I'll be the first to say I didn't dig the theme. I like that. I mean, I didn't hate the music. I think Michael Giacchino is a great, mu- like, great when it comes to ambient music and emotional music. But I didn't dig. I think that could have done da 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 da. da. I that I think that would that you know that could have been retooled. And they didn't. I, I felt I would have liked to have seen that. I agree with you there. I I do. I did feel though that it was in the same vein. Like it was very yes. big, very orchestral, sure. and very, I don't. I, and I didn't hate it. Yeah. But I felt like like if you're going to give me every little nod in the world back can't then. Can't you give me that? <laughs> yeah, can't you give me Alexander Courage's original? And they do. Uh, eventually. Um, but yeah, it would have been nice at well, the and they're, and they're holding out. And I get what he was going for. I get that he was holding out. That, that he was like, we're not going to give it to you to the very end. Mm-hmm. And, and that's because it's not Star Trek yet. It's not the whole idea is it's oh, not Star Trek idea. yet. I like that. It's not Star Trek until the, the end. end. He is not the captain until the end of the movie. Yeah. And so it's not Star Trek yet. We're making Star Trek. So we will hint that Star Trek is coming, and but then we'll, the, and then we'll give it to be. the end musically. I get what he was going for. I feel like I, I wish that it had been a little bit, but that's okay. That's a nitpick. Um, so you get to the you, it goes very first thing. The, the they have a, a a a location card which they don't usually have. It says Iowa. Um, and and I'm like okay I get I, I've seen this scene we've seen the scene yep. the scene is extended it gets to my first little nitpick of the movie which I've mentioned before that when he's driving the car by he, he yells hey Johnny you know and he drives the car by now what the actor said and what was in the script was um, that he names and I forget the name I wish I could remember the name but he says the name of Kirk's brother oh and that's supposed to be Kirk's brother who watches him go by. Oh. And that there were scenes of the abusive stepfather and that the brother was there and you see the mother and she's older and she's like pissy and just her life is destroyed. And she's ah. and they felt like they you know, the, the older. So they basically because that, that woman is so Kirsten Dunst. Well, I you <laughs> like, know what? Is it just me or does she totally look like? Kirsten oh, you know, Dunst? I felt like she actually looked like the chick who played Felicity. She Little looks bit. nothing like Carrie Russell. I, I, you are just insane. They, they You're face blind. I'm sorry. Um, face blind. So so, but I I do I do feel like you like like you have, um you have. I'm glad they cut that. Yeah, I feel like it would have. Ruined the, the moment pacing. before. It wouldn't have been well, right. It would have ruined the moment before. Like if you're talking too. about the stuff with the the mother and the stepfather, yeah, yeah. Like the fact that that actually would have been his brother that he's passing on the street would have been nice. Yeah, I feel like it, that, wouldn't, that, I, it wouldn't have changed anything. Have a different first name for him to yell. Yeah. Like who cares if it's a different first name? Yeah. You what know. difference does that make? Um. But he goes by. We have that opening scene, that fun scene from the trailer. I love that. Then we have another title card that just says Vulcan. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, just, it's like Iowa Vulcan. <laughs> I, I I just think it's a it's a funny transition. It made me laugh. Um, All right. Um, and and it's not the only title card that makes me laugh in the movie. Um, they 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 cut to to Vulcan, and they have that opening scene with Spock, which I think is interesting. It's a cool little scene. It's a great nod to Star Trek Four. Um, where they're all standing there in the little things looking back and forth and having the little computer asking them questions, um, which is what Spock does when he's retraining his mind in Star Trek Four. It's exactly this, exactly the same thing. Um, and then you have the, 
I'm sorry, you're playing with your hair and it's driving me nuts. <laughs> I love it, but you're like, la ba doo ba da ba doo ba da ba doo ba da ba doo. Um, well, oh, sorry. Um, it actually makes those noises, but we've muted them out for you. It's amazing. Yeah, we have nose, no, <laughs> we have hair noise counseling microphones. <laughs> Or um, we don't, and you've heard every glorious moment of it. <laughs> He's just jealous because he doesn't have the hair. I had really long hair this summer. My hair was like down like past my nose this summer. Oh, yeah. When we were shooting the movie. I don't Absolutely. remember that. The movie, which is called Ninjas vs. Vampires. You can, <laughs> you can get Ninjas vs. Zombies right now on Netflix. Go now, netflix.com, and do a search for Ninjas vs. Zombies. Get it today. Um, <laughs> so, uh... So and listen to the Suckcast on the Enlight Podcast Network. Um, so, what else can What else can I plug? Buy lime chips with salsa. Um, <laughs> Don't listen to that last one. He's out of his freaking mind. Um, so, so I, I, I. The two things I loved is the nod to Star Trek Four, and then the uh, the nod to Star Trek Four, and then also the. Um, the bits and we talked about this in the last podcast. Last podcast that they took from the animated series. That the the whole conversation between Spock and Young Spock or Sarah and Young Spock yep. is word for word out of the animated series. The other thing I liked, and this is a small thing, was how on his lip was just that little bit of gold, of, uh, of green blood. blood. Yeah, yeah, I dug that too. That was cute. I, I dug that. Now before that, that scene was supposed to was cut to, supposed to cut from the birth of Kirk to the birth of Spock. Oh, and you're supposed to have Young Winona Ryder. Oh, which is why they cast a young actress in that role. I got it. And then her. She was supposed to be young, giving birth to Spock. And you see the scene where she's giving birth to Spock in the trailer. You see a shot of Sarek sitting next to her while she's birthing. And which trailer? I didn't see that in the first trailer. It's it's in the very first trailer. You can see it. It's 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 right there. It's just one shot. It's just one little shot. Um, Hmm. But you see this. Um, and that's why they cast Winona Ryder in the in the younger role and then aged her. Um, so you have that, and then they cut immediately. Sort of they sort of dissolve to the later Spock. Um, there's that whole scene, but what I dug the most of that scene is how he made live long and prosper sound like fuck you. Oh, I know. Never heard it that way before. That Never, it. and it's such a subtle thing. That's what I mean. He's such a subtle live actor. Long and prosper. <laughs> Only he did it way better than that. Live long and prosper. <laughs> yeah. He said just it just like, like that. that. He said it just like that. I was like, that's a weird choice. Zachary, I don't understand why you went, live long and prosper. <laughs> the precious. <laughs> My precious. Then he cut open the other Vulcans. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I'm done with you bitches. Take your science academy and shove it. <laughs> So we get to uh, we we we. Go- I, I do have to say that that was interesting. The the this sort of anger they've stuck in Spock. Well, it's you know it's interesting if you go to and that goes back to Enterprise a little bit. If you go back to Enterprise, Enterprise. yeah. If you go back to Enterprise, they've there's been this thing of casting Vulcans as these sort of angry, arrogant shitheads. Um, that that. That they didn't really do the original. Spot. No, like the like this is this is actually something I was just talking to um, Mr. A about uh, because it's one of the like I love the movie. Like obviously, just to get that out of the way, but like one of the things I would say I'm not certain how I feel about is how they've changed Spock because in in the series 
and in the movies, like the only time you really see Spock like get emotional is when some shit is affecting him. Pon like far. <laughs> the pon far. But like the series, I mean, that's that's the best example, right? Was when he's but going like I'm saying, like, right? but when he's in like the other times, like that's that's obviously a pretty big deal. But I'm saying like the other times, like it's it's always he's like I'm Vulcan, disease. I must fuck. <laughs> there's like this disease, and then there's like the um the spores on the other planet. Like it's usually something that's they love making him emotional. They love, they do, but they like having a trigger for it. Yeah, not just he can't keep his shit under control. Like something has happened that forces him to deal with it again because he's dealt with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like, we've always met him later. This is earlier. That's true, and 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 that's why, like I said, I'm just I'm not sure how I feel about it. You know what I mean? Like I don't just hate it. But and it goes I back like to the, the animated, if you watch the animated series episode where they deal with young Spock, he does. But he's he, young, young. Like, but that's he's why emotional, I'm, but he's emotional. And I think that's the, that's the thing is you're still seeing an emotional Spock. I don't feel like you're seeing an emotional Spock until the, until, all right, spoiler alert. Can we officially say spoiler alert on, on the, on the movie that we're talking about here? Are you kidding me? Well, we haven't hit the big, the giant things yet. So I'm going to say spoiler alert. Okay. I'm sorry. If anybody's listening to this shit. That hasn't seen it can suck my dick. Wow. <laughs> Just deal. Spoiler alert: Alexia <laughs> has a dick. <laughs> um, I I would like to submit that's ridiculous. If you're um, listening to this and you haven't seen, I don't. It, so. I don't think we, like I don't feel like we've seen tons of extra emotion uh, um, until the destruction of Vulcan. I feel like until that moment, we don't see Spock deal with that extra emotion. And we have to keep in mind the Spock that we've been watching. Now, look, in... Well, so, but they don't really tell us in the movie how much time has passed between he says fuck you to the, you know, Science Academy and him being, you know, on the Enterprise. Well, let's, 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 let's work it out. Um, by the time we meet Kirk, right? And, and we meet Kirk and Kirk... Uh, says uh, I'll do it in three and three which is the other title card that it, ah what are you doing I'm not touching anything that's which is the other you. which is the other title card that I laugh at which is where he goes I'll do it in three and they put three years later and I was like, like <laughs> he he um, I was so, like that's right three years right, later uh, bitch everything is buzzy um so I think that's definitely what she said <laughs> I now know more about you than I want to know. Um, so, uh, so the <laughs> so we're we're talking about the amount of time since Spock said Science Academy. Um, so we, we we'll go back to the when Kirk goes off. We have that that Spock is already an officer. He is creating programs for Starfleet Academy, and he is already. A lieutenant, and I think isn't he already the first officer on the Enterprise? Yes, commander. he's commander on the Enterprise. So some time has passed, and we're looking at least the, if if it can if the academy can be done. He's been programming for four years. Do they say four years? They do. Yeah, he's been programming for the last four years. They call Yashi So if, that doesn't tell us how long prior to that. So if we assume, let's say he did that as a senior thesis, right? Okay. So, so he's been an officer for three years and, and skyrocketed to commander just because he's so good because he's the one Vulcan in Starfleet at this point, right? So so if it's been three years plus three years, we're looking at six years have passed. Um, and if we assume 
that he is at the maturity level of somebody who could then enter Starfleet, we can assume that, you know, that he is probably supposed to be 18, 19 when we're first seeing him live long and prosper. So we're looking at the difference between 19 and 26, the maturity difference between age 19 and age 25. So I think that the idea that he's relatively emotional, we're saying live long and prosper. Right. And to the point where we see the beginning of the uh, true story of the movie, I think that, that if I look at the difference between me between the age of 19 and the age of 25, you know, that's a substantial amount of time, a substantial amount of schooling and training and maturity and things that he has to deal with. You know, I think that, that you know, he's clearly has not lost all his emotions as you know the spock that we get used to seeing especially in the movies okay um so i think it's fair i think the emotional yeah. p- portrayal of him is fair um i uh, because it's not like he's running around emotional emotionally willy-nilly no um i uh, which is why it didn't immediately occur to me as like i have a problem with that like i just i, I have recently been like hmm you know <laughs> yeah like hmm about that like because i mean my initial reactions to it are just good. Like, cause even in the scene where he like goes ape shit on Kirk, like, but that, but that, that jibes though. That's, that's like, what I'm saying. It does. It's like, like, cause I, we, it's, what we know about Vulcans is they, they developed logic because their emotions, because are, their emotions are, are deeper are more, more than us. Yes. Yeah. And what's great about that though, then is they like, become Romulans is that that scene is very much like, I mean like that's lifted almost directly from one of the episodes. Sure. Like, like it's like obviously what, a little bit different. Like where he's, what is that? Is that lifted from the naked? That's lifted yeah. From when the, he's trying the to the get him to pull it together, so now? he's trying to get him angry. Yeah, and and get him to pull it together, and he does. He beats the shit out of Kirk. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and so that was great, and it, and the fight scene goes about the way you expect. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's great though because Kirk tries to fight back, which I respect because he would. Well, Kirk it goes, would just it goes, there the, take it. It goes the way like, I expect, and I think that it's 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 you know we got we got to give it to the the audiences that have not watched watch this before they maybe did not expect it to go this way because it's never implicitly said in the movie Vulcans are stronger than humans you know it's it's so to us we expect it right but I think that but I think it absolutely sends a message to people who don't know about Vulcans because it's like it's so his attempt to fight back yeah. is exactly as it should be. And like we'll, it's not nothing, but it kind of is nothing. Yeah, you know? and, like, and we and we will get to that because right now we're at Starfleet Academy. But I think um, that this is a good place to stop. I think that 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 we are now getting to the point where Kirk meets Spock and the Kobayashi Maru. So, Kobayashi Maru. So we will we will continue with part two of uh, of the new Star Trek um, film from last year. Or if you're listening to this five years in the future, you're in the future. <laughs> you're in a time warp. We're in the past. Um, this is it an alternate timeline? This no, it's a complete destruction of the timeline that happened to start. Um, and we will talk about that next time on Trek. Uh, off, but uh, for Trek Off, I am Justin. And I'm Alexia. Trek Off. Trek Off, bitches. Is that our? Is that like our theme now? Is that like? Is, is I like it, to say. Is yeah. we Trek Off, bitches, from now on? Why not? I think. All right, so I'm Justin. Trek Off, and you go. I'm Alexia. Trek Off, bitches. All right, What's all right. wrong with that? Trek Off. Trek Off, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>